0: More of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in
1: your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a special bonus edition of the Recruiting Future podcast. Back in April, I ran a live podcast conference on the future of talent acquisition in partnership with the team at TA Tech. We had 10 excellent speakers across five topic sessions, and I'm delighted to now be able to bring you the content as a series of podcasts. I'm releasing these every Friday for the next few weeks, so if you don't want to miss them, make sure you've subscribed to the show. Following on from the recruitment marketing, recruitment advertising and DE&I sessions I've already published, this week's episode looks at recruiting automation. This is a very big topic and I was delighted to have two guests who come at it from very different angles. Trent Cotton, VP Talent Acquisition at Bureau Veritas Group and Roberto Angulo, CEO of Recruitology.
0: My name's Roberto Angulo. I'm based in San Francisco, um, CEO of Recruitology. Our mission is to help um, employers uh, leverage artificial intelligence to find the right candidates. So we're using AI for very parts of the recruitment process. And a lot of times the employer doesn't even know they're using AI. So so our job is to make the employer uh, connect with the right folks.
1: Fantastic stuff. And Trent, could you introduce yourself and tell us what you do?
0: Hi, right. uh, I'm Trent Cotton with Bureau
2: Veritas. It is the, uh, one of the global leaders in anything that is testing, inspecting, or certification. So everything from the food labels on your food to air quality building infrastructure. Uh, I learn a little bit every day about just some of the things that we have our hands in. I am the director of talent acquisition and talent retention strategies for all of North America.
1: Fantastic stuff. Now we've got an enormous topic. <laughs> recruiting, recruiting automation is, is certainly a catch-all thing. We've already been, uh, you know, we've already kind of mentioned it briefly in the in the recruitment marketing uh, section earlier. And also, we we have two guests who who are going to come at it from different perspectives and potentially different kind of aspects of recruiting, which is which is great because I think it's important to have a really sort of broad conversation about this. So I'm going to start off by asking both of you the same question. So let's let's start with Trent this time. So, what are you seeing in in the market in terms of what's possible with recruiting automation at various stages of the recruiting funnel? And is the pandemic changing the the rate of adoption when it comes to when it comes to these kind of things?
2: Oh, definitely. Uh, it, it's been really exciting. I think you know if I look back two or three years ago. There were a couple that were out there. But I call them kind of the, the infant stages of everything from AI and automation to machine learning. Now oh, there's such a plethora out there that uh, you know people in my position, it can be a little overwhelming of going, okay, which, which solution do I actually need? Which for a geek like me, that, that's exciting. Uh, I love um, some of the innovation that's going on in the industry. I do think though that the COVID, I wouldn't necessarily accelerated the innovation. I think it accelerated the perceived need for a lot of TA leaders. I think it really just kind of forced a lot of us to say, okay, we've got to start doing this a little bit better. We've got to start doing this. Uh, and this is not a way to, to replace our jobs. It's actually a way for us to spend more time on the things that are, that are, I call them human centric or human add uh, to the process. So I think that you know, COVID was a good punch in the face for everyone in HR, but especially in talent acquisition because the, the candidate market is getting a lot more tight Uh, There are a lot of uh, changes in the market, of changes in behavior. And, you know, the pandemic is still out there. It's still real. So we still have a huge segment of the population where they don't don't really want to make a move because of all the uncertainty. So I, I do think that, um, the topic has changed, and it and it's become a little overwhelming for people that are just kind of tiptoeing into
1: it. Yeah, absolutely, and you know maybe we can sort of come back to that a little bit later, actually, because I think that's a really a really important point in terms of the, the way that the, the buyers are being overwhelmed. Roberto, give us uh, your perspective in terms of what's now possible in the market. What do you what are you seeing? How's the pandemic changing everything?
0: So, so a couple of things. So, so I agree with Trent. Um, the the I think the pandemic that a couple of things um unfortunately it meant a lot of people lost their jobs initially during during last year for small businesses it means that it means they had to or it meant they had to let go of, of, of various individuals for large organizations the, re- the recruiting departments got smaller and now with the uptick in hiring you're seeing uh, small employers smbs needing to hire fast to meet the demand and from large organizations you're seeing the same thing um, slimmer recruiting departments needing to meet the demands of hiring managers with smaller teams. So as a result, the pandemic's created this demand for more work. Um, I think we all agree that we've all been busier lately in the past few months, and I think automation is helping um, relieve that, right? So I think the pandemic has accelerated the adoption of automation in a lot of recruiting processes, and we're seeing it with small businesses and we're seeing it with large companies. So we focus typically on small, medium-sized businesses and we're helping them with job distribution, programmatic, candidate matching, and virtual events. And we're just seeing an unprecedented record demand for these types of services. Uh, A lot of it is from small businesses. who just, they need to run a business and they need help recruiting people and that's not what they focus on. They just need help and they don't have time. So automation is definitely, um, a welcome thing during these times.
2: So Remember, I think. Too, oh, I'm sorry. No, Matt, carry on, please too, carry on. Especially in the space that you play. Um, whenever I do consulting for those types of, of companies, the the recruiting acumen is, is not as as high as it would be at a large organization where you know maybe someone came from an agency and they're they're working at the organization. So I think that you know, Matt, honestly, some of the technology that's being introduced out there. Will allow some of these smaller to mid-sized companies to be able to compete on a talent standpoint with some of the larger organizations.
1: That's a really interesting point, and again, it makes the market it makes the market an, an interesting and a, and a sort of very, a very difficult place. I, I want to sort of talk about strategy a, a little bit because I think. Uh, recruiting automation does get sort of thrown around as a as a as a as a catch all term. And I think there's a, an interesting difference here between larger employees and, and smaller smaller employers. But from a, a Trent, from a from a larger employer perspective, what are the key elements of a recruitment automation strategy? What do employers need to think about before they can go out and start and start buying technology?
2: I always encourage people to look at where are you hurting the most. So if you are having an issue trying to uh, work on the top of the funnel, that's where you need to look at AI and machine learning or or any kind of a, a solution to be able to increase, um, you know, increase the the ability for you to be able to reach the, the particular targets. Uh, it, and also too, in, in diversity, there's a lot of great products out there that can help diversify that, that candidate funnel. But that, to me, there are three different sections that I look at as a leader. The first one I've already touched on is the candidate funnel. How do I get in front of more candidates qualified candidates uh, to be able to increase my pipelining ability. The next is once they're in the door, uh, what are those, what are those things that I can automate everything from scheduling to, I mean, if you, if you're a recruiter and you stop and think about how many emails go back and forth, trying to get that prospective candidate on the phone. I mean, there are AI things out there that do it that that are just, I mean, the integration is so easy. You just plug and play into your calendar and send them a link. Uh, I mean, that's just kind of a nice, easy, quick win for someone that wants to, Tiptoe into the automation world. But then on the back end, once the candidate says I do, um, I think your, your earlier guests were talking about just the barrage of everything that is, is expected out of a recruiter. There are so many products and solutions out there and I think yet to be developed that is going to enhance that candidate experience. So help them be engaged, continue to sell the company, uh, do the check ins and everything that's not necessarily human needed but it is a nice touch to make sure that they remain engaged those are the three areas that i always kind of look at and then figure out where is my pain point and which one am i suffering the most and that's the one that i tackle first
1: absolutely and Roberta, same question to you but i suppose from a from an smb perspective
0: totally so so i adding to, to what trent just said I think uh, technology is a means to an end. It's definitely not the end, right? So echoing what Trent just said, look at your process and seeing where the biggest pain is. Um, and and Trent, you you alluded to it. It's it's the sourcing, right? The scheduling. These are things that, that if a human being doesn't have to do it, they shouldn't be doing it. A human being should be focused on basically talking to those gems, those candidates that are actually the ones who said I do, using your words, Trent, and the ones who who, um, who basically are the ones who need to be nurtured, right? So off the bat, things that could be automated for small companies, is for large companies, it's job distribution, I would say. But I would also say the same for small companies. Uh, and that's sort of where we focused. So deciding for a small company that has maybe only three jobs a year, it's only three jobs, but it could be daunting, right? So it could be the franchisee at the UPS store who needs to figure out, well, you know, I'm running my business and all of a sudden my helper went back to school. Right. So I need to hire somebody else. And for, for a large company recruiter, that could be an easy thing is putting a rec on your ATS and and clicking send for a small business. You don't know where you may not know where you are going to find the right candidates. Is it going to be on Indeed? Is it going to be on Craigslist? Is it going to be on the career center at the, at the local college? So I think automation there in terms of helping the employer figure out where the job needs to go, Where they don't have to figure out how much they need to pay and how much they need to invest, or where the job needs to go—that's one specific example of automation that's going to help somebody who's just busy, and that helps small employers but also big employers. Um, In terms of virtual events, so um, in our case, uh, our virtual event platform—what one of the things it does that sort of gets taken for granted, but once people are using it, it's, it's, it's appreciated. You have Let's say you have 50 candidates waiting in queue, virtual queue, to talk to a recruiter. And, and traditionally, if you're a job fair, you're waiting to talk to those folks or those folks are waiting to talk to you and you're talking to them one by one based on who showed up first, right? Uh, but maybe there's somebody who's pretty relevant who showed up and they're in 50th place. And you don't want them to lose attention or, or sort of get bored and leave. So that's an example where candidate ranking um, can help you prioritize somebody who showed up and it's in the 45th place in line. So you should be talking to them. And yes, the person who showed up first, maybe they deserve some TLC, but if they're not relevant at all to any of your jobs, then don't spend as much time with them. So, so AI can serve a lot of different needs, subtle needs. They can just sort of fill in the, the, the gaps and fill those cracks to just make the life of a recruiter a lot easier. And, and it helps small employers. It helps uh, recruiters who are in, working on s- in smaller teams at larger organizations as well.
1: I think it would be remiss to have a conversation about re- recruiting automation without diving into some of the the technology and the technology innovations that are sort of moving moving the industry moving the industry forward. And I'm, I'm going to kind of put this question to to Roberto because I know it's his it's his area of expertise. But I'll sort of get, come back to Trent for a comment on it. Natural language processing. I mean, how is that driving automation, and how fast is it? How how fast is it developing?
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So, uh, NLP, natural language processing, and and just quickly for for those who know the the acronym, but but need some more clarity on what it is, right? It's the science of extracting meaning from from words and from text, right? Um, or or spoken language, right? So, NLP, at least in Recordology's case, it's sort of the underlying engine of everything that we do with AI. So, NLP means taking a job description. Taking a, a resume a candidate and extracting the keywords that are not noise and keywords that are either skills or like credentials or, or degree information and making sense of that. And that keeps getting better and better uh, because there's more providers out there of data that companies can plug into to make their NLP better, right? And I'll give you a concrete example. So you look at a job description, and then you're getting all these applicants coming in through your applicant, through your ATS. NLP helps you figure out what a good match is, right? So you can rank those candidates. As time goes by, NLP gets better because there's more data out there. And by data, for example, I mean, like Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, in the US has a lot of data uh, and they classify job openings and they have sort of this um, taxonomy that's standard in the US in terms of classifying jobs, right? And then you have other types of data, like credential data. So now you're starting to see databases of, okay, these are credentials, and these are credentials in each state in the U.S. So somebody working on NLP can pull that data and say, okay, now I have these keywords in a resume. I know what they mean because I can pull from these third-party sources. So as as time goes by, there's more of an industry around data, which makes it so that you have just – same way you can buy algorithms off the shelf for matching. You can now buy data or access free data out there um, that you can can use to make your, your matching better because there's people actually working on curating that data and saying, yeah, this degree means this or this acronym means this. Chief Nursing Certified nursing assistant is the same thing as CNA. It's just a basic example, right? But take that across 50,000 different job titles and the more time goes by, the more that we'll start seeing some of those data sets become publicly, publicly available and I think it's an exciting time for just improving NLP, improving matching, and ultimately having better matching and better products for recruiters.
1: And Trent, coming to you as a, as a kind of a user and a buyer of of automation technology, have you have you seen an improvement in it as this sort of technology has developed over the last uh, couple of years? And, and where would you hope would it, that it might go next?
2: Oh, uh, yes, definitely. Definitely increased. Um I'm still kind of fascinated by the, the NLP, Roberto. So I was I was in my happy place. I was taking notes. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely think that a lot of the, the platforms are getting smarter. The thing that, that I am most interested in is um, now NLP. I'm, I'm going to be geek-festing on that tonight. But uh, also the, the, the analysis of behavior. So, you know, the sourcing okay. tools that look at, if I put in a job title um, data scientist, and it goes and it analyzes all of its users, all of the other recruiters that, that uses that platform and says, OK, well, in general, when someone types in data scientists, they also are looking for this. It, it, to me, it's just kind of leveraging the collective brain cloud of, of all the different colleagues out there. Um, I've seen some kind of a, uh, a little bit of an improvement there. But I think that there's a lot more to come.
1: Absolutely. I suppose that takes us on to the next question. and again, i'll 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 stick, I'll stick with you, Trent, for this one, which is what is the the balance between humans and machines in in recruiting? this This appears to be a sort of a debate that we've had for a few years, but perhaps not in quite the nuanced way. What do you think? Uh,
2: from a behavior standpoint, if you look at some of the big decisions that, that anyone makes in their life that you do not want automated, buying a house. Do I want to do all of my research, kind of get some estimates, you know, maybe go and, and do a, a virtual tour or even do a self-guided tour? Absolutely. But when it comes to negotiating that deal and helping me make that decision, I want a human. I, I'm sorry. I am I am usually one of the first to try technology. That is a major decision that I'm not really ready to trust the technology. Th- there are things out there. Fantastic. I think i um, they're still a little early, but that's a big decision. I think moving into a different role or moving, um, changing careers, that has got that same level of need of, of human trust that we just haven't been able to develop within, within technology. So I don't think that that's leaving. So whenever I'm looking at um, where am I going to augment with technology? I, I look at those human centric activities, but you know, talking to a candidate and really kind of understanding, is this person going to be a fit on the team? You know, uh, do they bring the necessary skill set? Are they going to be someone that that takes this job now, but I can see them growing five to 10 years with the company? Can technology do that? Absolutely. I mean, it, it, can, it can use some advanced analytics, but there's a human gut aspect there. Then, then I just I, I don't think that we're at that point from a technology standpoint. So I think that there's still a lot of room to grow. Um, And that's why whenever I I talk about the the topic, I always get the whole AI Terminator question of when are they going to replace us? I don't I don't really
0: see that they're going to replace us anytime in the foreseeable future.
1: And Roberto, what's your what's your sort of take on the human human machine mix in recruiting?
0: I I agree. I I think uh, I think the days where Skynet's going to take over the the world are are far away, at least in the recruiting space. So so I mean, machine learning or AI specifically you know, it's AI is as good as the data you have underneath, right? So NLP data that's used to make decisions and and that data is ultimately is, I mean, that AI is ultimately as good as the data. And that data often changes because you have new jobs coming in the market. You have new, um, new types of skills that are getting acquired. So you always need humans, at least for the foreseeable future, you're going to need humans to validate the AI, um, Something Trent that you said, you know, the collective, and that's actually one important piece of AI. It's the feedback loops, right? So, so when you have matching, when you have chatbots, um, even that are doing automated conversations, you always need some human verification once in a while to make sure that the quality is there, right? You need quality control it'll mean you need less people, right? You're not going to need to hire as many people to chat with candidates and and you probably are not going to need anyone dedicated to just posting jobs and job boards all day long. And that's fine. You know, those people can upskill and get other jobs, but, but the machines will not replace humans because you still need the humans to make those qualitative decisions, to inform and give feedback to the AI. Right? So, so I think what we're talking about is more deep learning where the machine starts learning on its own. Um, but it can go off on tangents, right? I mean, in the best cases, you're seeing deep learning at Google, and it's still, it, it's still not where it needs to be. And recruiting typically lags behind by by a few years or a few decades. So I think we're we're far away from 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 that taking over, from the AI taking over. I think AI is going to improve um, processes dramatically. Um, it's going to let employers focus more on the candidate using Trent, your analogy of buying the house. Uh, I think AI is going to help you. If you're looking on uh, online at a house, it'll say, hey, I recommend these houses based on these other houses you look And that's AI. But ultimately, it's about you need to go look at the house and, and say, we need to talk to the candidate. And there's other aspects at play, right? There's other tools you can use. There is the human touch of, of talking to the candidate, getting a good feel for them. Is there a match? And sure, there's tools that can automate that as well, but not completely, right? So I think it'll automate the more mundane work, but in terms of of, of sort of the quality, the ultimate hiring decision and these big decisions, those are are very far away. Um, We'll be doing a lot with less people for sure, but the machines will not be controlling this anytime
2: soon. Quite honestly, Matt, I think that as as technology continues to advance and... um, Everyone in the HR industry gets over this this bias and this initial pushback of no, I don't want to automate all of this stuff. I think that they're actually going to enjoy their jobs again because most of us got into job into HR because we enjoyed you know the human part of human resources, and now we can't do it. We we almost have this disdain for the humans because they're they're bringing more admin work that we have to do. But if I've got an AI that's doing all that for me, I can really focus on the relationship and focus on developing that individual. And I think it's just really going to allow us to enhance uh, what we're doing. I always like to use the analogy of, of Iron Man whenever um, I'm explaining what I, whenever I'm looking for recruiters or I'm looking to augment. You know, yeah, the AI in there in the suit and all of that, that's fantastic stuff, but it's still the individual in there that's taking that information and processing it and then directing that AI. And, and Roberto, I think that you, um, you brought up something that's really good. I want to caution everyone against just dropping in an AI or automation or whatever tactic you need to. You need to manage it just like an individual. So if you've got some kind of processing in there, whether it's an NLP or anything else, you need to go back and audit and, and put that human touch on it to make sure that it's actually doing what it's supposed to do. I think that a lot of companies um, are a little cautious after some of the debacles with some of the giants who put in some AI and, and you know we, we found out that there were some uh, despairing actions that were in there. It was because I didn't go back and check it. So you know, always inspect what you inspect. Inspect what you expect, including any kind of technological solution that you can put
1: in absolutely i think that's a that's a kind of a critical point in terms of how these things are how these things are implemented and 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 kind of rolled out the, the next question which i think picks up on something that you both touched on but i want to go into it in a little bit more detail um, leaving time for another question afterwards um, one of the one of the things that i've seen this year is that automated chatbots and and various other sort of communication technologies are being uh, have been used more and more for candidate relations and candidate communications in both of your experiences experiences, you know, what, what do the candidates think about that? What are these job seekers that we've talked about through this whole event that it's uh, very, very difficult to, to, find, to find talent at the moment? What do they think about communicating with uh, robots, for want of a better word?
2: I have a, I have a funny story. Um, it was about two years ago. I had a, I called it a virtual admin. And um, the, the interface, if it had a question that was asked by a candidate or whomever was on the email exchange, it would always ping me back and say, hey, I don't really understand how to process this question. How do you want me to answer? And uh, one of it is one of my candidates was actually hitting on, because uh, it was called Amy the AI. And so he thought that that was my admin and he was hitting on her. And, and the AI was like, I don't know what to do with this. And um, But to me, it was just kind of, it was kind of interesting that that the interaction with that AI was so human that the the candidate really didn't even understand it. Uh, and it even had a A.I., um on the back of the email so i think that the the interesting thing for me is just the the technological advance to where it the AI, a lot of times whenever people are talking to ai you don't even know i mean it's just that seamless and I, i'm really excited to see how that continues to evolve so that way the things that we do automate it doesn't lose that human interaction because i don't know about everybody else but i hate with a passion calling into something that says don't one for this, or say this, or do that. I mean, I just about lose my cool every single time. But there are automatic functions where I'm on a website and I'm engaging in. I'm usually thinking to myself, I'm engaging with an AI, but God, they're really, really good. So I, I think the candidates, as long as it's done right, they won't know the
1: difference. But Roberto, what's your perspective? You, you you talked about moving people up in the queue in a in a virtual job fair based on their automatically matching them to the to to the role. What 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 are the candidates thinking feel about all of this?
0: So so I think it's 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 good for the candidate ultimately, right? So so in the, in the example, so that's a good example, right? In the example where the candidate who was sort of waiting. Um, in line, sort of very behind in the queue, they got moved up because they were more relevant. So that's AI at work. Uh, and that's good for that specific candidate. You know, The candidate who was number one in line, who got sort of bumped up um, and put back, another thing the AI can do is recommend more relevant jobs for that candidate, right? So that's an example of how AI can benefit the candidate. Uh, let's take chatbots, for example, right? Uh, one complaint we hear from job seekers uh, uh, f- from 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 job boards that we power, is that they oftentimes don't hear back from the employer, right? they the biggest complaint is always sort of the 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 black hole where you submit your resume and you don't hear it back. So one of the things that chatbots can do, for example, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a chatbot; as long as you can provide the candidate with meaningful info. So if somebody's asking, "Hey, what's the status of my application?" if the chatbot can say well your application is being reviewed it just got reviewed yesterday it's going to be reviewed by somebody else that's some insight and whether that's delivered by a human or by a chatbot it doesn't matter in fact the chatbot's probably better for the candidate because the chatbot can respond during after hours when there's no human being awake who's able to answer that that question so ultimately i think if, if the chatbot can provide meaningful data, or they can take some action um, that a human being could take, that's ultimately good for the candidate. So, so uh, I say it's, it's beneficial for the candidate experience
1: absolutely and that actually is going to be a topic that we're going to be talking about in the in the next session to sort of finish off we're again we're up against time this these half an hour sessions are way too way too short and this has been a another fantastic conversation so I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish by asking you really your sort of your predictions for the for the future in terms of recruiting automation and in terms of in terms of talent acquisition where do you think we're headed and Roberto you can you can go first
0: so in terms of where we're headed, I think um, I think humans are going to be working with machines. Um, so again, I think, as I mentioned earlier, it's going to be more about training the the, the data. So so deep ner- deep learning is still far away in recruiting specifically. I think so for now, I think AI is going to be really good for recruiters either at large companies where they're spread thin with too many requisitions and and big sourcing demands, and for small employers who just don't do recruiting maybe they do it three four times a year ai is going to be beneficial to them um, so it's going to be a way to automate um, tasks things that the employer shouldn't be focused on and this whole deep learning machines taking over humans i think that's very far away at least a decade i would say um, but I, nothing beats the human touch, especially, especially when it comes to looking for a job and, 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 hiring somebody for, for a role.
1: And Trent, I know that you're someone who likes to think deeply about the, about the future. Give us, uh, give us your perspective.
0: Oh, uh,
2: you and I've already talked about my recruiting utopia, where as a, as a talent agent, I can come in and say, all right, who am I going to talk to today? Because my little AI buddies have already gone through the ranking, the screening, the sourcing, and I can spend time on the things that I really like, which is getting to know people and finding the right place in the right organization for them. Um, honestly, I think that with all of the tech that's out there, that w- whether it's from sourcing to the chatbots to, you know, all the different arrays of onboarding, it's going to be interesting to me, Matt, to watch the ATS industry try to catch up. I think for so long, they, you know, they were built for, a, for an HR process, definitely not for a human process. Um, and so it's really going to be interesting for me to kind of watch that industry and see how are they going to continue to remain relevant, honestly, um, because they've been so stagnant and, and really they're they're all just like like one or two variations of each other. Whereas whenever I look at some of this other new technology, all of them offer a different solution. So to me, that that's kind of the the thing that I've got my eye on right now, and just continue to watch how how much. Technology and innovation is going to continue to transform talent acquisition to where all of us can spend more time developing those relationships, developing relationships and, and really becoming talent consultants for our clients because now we'll be enabled to because we have our little AI buddies doing all the all the junk that we don't want
1: to do absolutely the talent avengers of the yeah the, the talent avengers, avengers. <laughs> hey we need to work
2: on the <laughs> boat like that man. Back
1: fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. Trainer Roberto thank you very much for a, another brilliant conversation and I'll just ask you to turn your mics and your, your cameras off just to say that um, I'm, I'm going to invite Peter back up to the to the zoom stage to do his thing one last time but please hang around after the intermission we've got a, a fantastic session on AI and the candidate experience coming up so I will speak to you soon my thanks to trent and roberto you can subscribe to this podcast in apple podcasts on spotify or via your podcasting app of choice please also follow the show on instagram you can find us by searching for recruiting future you can search all the past episodes at dot on that site you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.